Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, everybody. We continue to watch what's happening with Aaron Rodgers and a couple of other things during the show today. The things we've got our eye on right now. This is the three. At three on Wisconsin's afternoon news. All right, Sandy, where do we start? Oh, today it's the start of the NFL's legal tampering period as the world remains waiting for word on Aaron Rodgers' future. All right, so let's tell the story at least partially through the tweets that have taken place within the last hour. Trey Wingo, sportscaster, tweeting out, Hearing Rodgers to the Jets is done. History about to repeat itself between New York and Green Bay. Time is indeed a flat circle. Then Ryan Wood, who reports for the, uh, he covers the Packers for the outlets up in Green Bay, five minutes later tweeted out, nothing is done regarding an Aaron Rodgers trade to the Jets. Premature to say Rodgers to Jets is done at this moment. The wheat continues, the wait continues, excuse me. Uh, then another NFL writer, John Latimer, when Green Bay gave permission to AR to explore a deal, they had to be in the loop. I agree there may be some negotiating left, but a deal indeed went down. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver on the Jets, tweeting out at that same time y'all should see the smile on me right now then one minute later i can finally enjoy my vacay now (laughs) a guy who had a quarterback issue last year obviously looking forward to maybe number 12 being there greg there are so many moving parts it's hard to keep track of what's happening minute to minute it it, it is and i've got an idea as to what has happened here why trey wingo is reporting one thing and why ryan wood is saying another which we can get into coming up at about 315 Mm, i like it that sounds good all right what's next sandy The U.S. government trying to prevent further fallout from the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank Friday. This was an old-time bank run. So this bank ran into trouble. They start uh, tech startups is who they fund. It collapsed on Friday, and high-powered customers went into the bank and began pulling all their money out, hundreds of thousands of dollars. When regulators saw this was happening, they stepped in and they shut the bank down, shut the panic down, and now the government and the FDIC say... People who had money there will be made whole. This is not an issue. It's not a reflection of the banking system. And the president is actually heading to Southern California where this happened to address the situation. Dave Spano dives in with us. He'll lead the discussion on this topic at 515 this afternoon. Yeah, because I want to understand this more and how it affects us here in Wisconsin. Yeah, good point. All right, what's third? More Summerfest news today. The big gig announced two more acts coming to Milwaukee this summer. There you go. Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill is coming to the BMO Pavilion on Thursday, June 29th. Of course, that song is uh, Insane in the Brain, one of their big (laughs) hits from the 90s. They have their own Hollywood Walk of Fame star, 9 million albums, Grammy nominations, and they will be coming to Summerfest at the end of June. That's going to be some kind of fun. I'm and more, this guy. Yeah, I'm more excited about this guy, though. Elvis Costello yeah. and the Imposters headlined that same BMO Pavilion on June 24th, which is a Saturday night. Yeah, his last show here was in 2019 at the Miller High Life Theater. It was epic. So, glad he's going to be back. Oh, this is going to be fun. He's been performing for over 50 years. Oh, yeah. And he's coming to Milwaukee this summer. I love it. Summerfest is lining him up and knocking him down. It is 3.13 at WTMJ. Up next, in-depth on where we are right at this moment on the Aaron Rodgers situation. We'll be right back. Aaron Rodgers.
That music is just unbelievable music. I love that music. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers run, Rodgers watch all afternoon, kind of keeping track of what's going on. To bring you up to speed, uh, I was going to say a couple. Actually, one noted NFL writer is saying that Rodgers is as good as gone. A couple others saying, hey, pump the brakes. And local beat writers are either saying it's not done yet or they are staying quiet because nothing's been confirmed. Greg's been tracking this all afternoon. I guess let's start, Greg, with... Where are we right now at 3.18 and 34 seconds? So here's what happens. 11 o'clock this morning hits, and the NFL's legal tampering period opens. And everybody, instantly, in the world of the NFL, is fumbling through their phone to try and figure out when is the Aaron Rodgers news Mm -hmm. going to break, and just how soon in the day. We targeted this week as the week, and really by Wednesday, or maybe even on Wednesday as the latest, we would find some sort of resolution to the situation. But 11 a.m. this morning, that was sort of earmarked as the beginning of the window. 11 o'clock hits, nothing's happening. <laughs> right? It's all quiet. Everybody's hitting refresh on Twitter. Yep. And then Trey Wingo, who was a very popular host on ESPN until the time where ESPN and Trey Wingo parted ways. So now he's, for lack of a better term, an independent contractor, still very much in the know in the NFL, has his own podcast, very popular, and he and Aaron Rodgers have become friends over the years. Trey Wingo tweets, hearing Rodgers to the Jets is done. History about to repeat itself between New York and Green Bay. Time is indeed a flat circle. This has nothing to do with compensation, picks, money, anything like that. In my mind, this came from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron doesn't know the details of all that stuff. He's not involved in those discussions. So Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press Gazette, who is tied to Green Bay and an outstanding writer, he comes back and tweets, nothing is a done deal yet. Not to say anything isn't happening, but it's not a done deal yet. So to me, Ryan is mining his sources inside the Packers organization, and maybe the Packers have pumped the brakes and they're working on something, but maybe the compensation has not been finalized. But Rodgers to the Jets in the eyes of Trey is a thing that is going to happen. So now we're left wondering what's the compensation look like, what does the money look like, draft, all that kind of stuff. The details of a trade potentially of this magnitude could be Pretty significant and and not easy to comb through. But the idea of Rodgers to the Jets has been a thing on the table for a few weeks. And I do think we are much closer to that today than we were even last week, Thursday. So at 10 o'clock this morning, Rob Domofsky, who we've had on the show, covers the Packers and has for a very long time. At 10 o'clock this morning, he tweeted out, he's been told that the Packers and the Jets have no idea what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. So I find that hard to believe. At 10 o'clock this morning, Domowski tweets out, I've been told the Packers and the Jets, and I'm paraphrasing, have no idea what Rodgers is going to do. If Wingo's right, and at 1.30 tweets out, it's done, and we'll go with your story, it's coming from Rodgers, don't you believe, Greg, the Jets, if this is going to get done and we hear about it today or tomorrow, the Jets and Packers discuss this all weekend long. Yeah, This is a complicated situation. I find it hard to believe that, they're just now getting to the point of talking about compensation. Right. right? It's very just, complicated. That, that's not happening, right? There, yeah. There's way more involved in this. And we could debate to the cows come home if Rodgers <laughs> is worth a number one draft pick or a round number two pick and an existing whatever. Like, they'll figure that out. And no, the Packers aren't going to get as much in return as they would have if they traded Rodgers a year ago. Don't think to yourself you're going to get a haul like Russell Wilson did for the Seattle Seahawks. It ain't happening. The Packers are trying to get something of fair value here. 
They're not going to fleece the New York Jets. I mean, they're, they're, there's one team in the mix to get Aaron Rodgers right now, and it's very clear that the New York Jets, and they want Rodgers. But Mark Murphy was very clear in saying, we don't want Aaron anymore. Like, this is it. <laughs> we do not want him. We don't want things to he, progress to the point where Aaron is back. He had a nice career. That was his... Was the phrase. Yeah. I remember. On Friday, right? I mean, he was <laughs> yeah. all about it. Like, that was stunning. Like, what is in the way then? So now it's hammering out the detail points. But I, I'd be shocked. I mean, shocked if Aaron Rodgers were a part of the Green Bay Packers. Even by the end of this week, I just don't see it happening. Well, I'm just happy that I don't have to eat this piece of paper. Well, keep on to it, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, the, if Aaron Rodgers well, retires, retire I will eat that, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's right. If Aaron Rodgers retires, I'll eat this piece of paper. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, now, anything could happen, but he's not going to retire. He's likely not going to be in Green Bay. They have to just be working it out. They have to just now be talking through it, working it out, and they've convinced him somehow to, for the most part, keep his mouth shut while they're allowed to work through this. I... Will this will become crystal clear in the next couple of days? But I wonder what the compensation is. What's he worth? Is he worth a one? Is he worth a one and a couple of twos? Is he? It's going to be fascinating to see what he's worth. And the Jets, if he succeeds, will hurt the Packers further because that one or that two will be worth less. Could be. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the Jets are probably thinking to themselves: with Aaron Rodgers, we're a Super Bowl contending team. Yeah, and so we'll be low in the first round. So we give up a one; it's not a top five pick, likely. Well, if I, things it, go according to plan, well, it could be a draft pick from this year too. Yep. Right. I mean, it, it, yep. I don't think it'll be the Jets' number one, uh, you know, top yep. fifteen pick. Uh, but this will be interesting. Would you rather have the Jets' first round draft pick this year, or would you rather have their second round pick this year and an existing? player on a rookie contract who's already proven himself in the NFL. So, I mean, you, you can get interesting with the compensation here. I'm most fascinated to see about the money. And if Aaron's contract has to be restructured before they can even think yeah. about moving him. Yeah. I mean, this is so incredibly complicated. It is. That even if they've decided to the basic idea that we're moving him, you're gone. It, my gosh, I mean, it's around the clock. Russ Ball must be right now. The salary cap guy just trying to, oh, my God, can you imagine? His calculator must be on fire. <laughs> He's got papers spread out all over the desk. Yeah. In this scenario, and this scenario, yeah. or that whiteboard is just full of Batteries mad, mad died numbers. on his phone 15 times. <laughs> Some people are perfect for that job. I am not one of those people. I would not be good in that setting. I just want to go to Culver's and get lunch all the time. <laughs> well, was that movie A Brilliant Mind or A Beautiful Mind? Yeah, where he's writing where on the whiteboard. Yeah, and it's all yeah. the things that are stretched out to everything. Now, yeah. here's another thing the Jets did over the weekend while you were sleeping. The Jets restructured the contract of three players, and it shaved... Fifteen plus million dollars off the salary cap. Ah, they're clearly making moves to try and be able yeah. to play for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there's yeah. no other way to view it. And they might make some other moves. I get it. If you're with Rodgers, you're all in. That's your belief. But they had to make those moves even to afford Aaron Rodgers. So that's what they did over the weekend. And so, you think this is also sorry because yeah, they got quote burned or turned down by Derek Carr? Yeah. So my my they probably is, don't want that to happen twice. My sources on that tell me that the front office and ownership had differing views that there were some of the coaching staff who preferred Derek Carr because they thought he had a longer runway and we don't need the elite of the elite. We need a pro bowler to be our quarterback and we can, we can win. That's what they thought they had in Derek Carr, but the ownership was really hell bent on getting Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. because of what it could mean for ticket sales, Jersey sales. Also the idea of a world championship today and who knows how long Aaron wants to play. So, I've been hearing mixed thoughts coming out of New York on Rodgers or Carr.
All right, so we stay on top of this story all afternoon. We've got you covered. We are monitoring everything that's going on, and you will hear it here first. You can also check it out at WTMJ.com and download the WTMJ mobile app. Helps you with these sort of situations, weather, all that good stuff. So uh, get that on your phone. Also this afternoon, we recap the Oscars. Kind of a quiet night at the Oscars, which was very nice. It was a very pleasant ceremony. We're going to walk through the Oscars with you. We're actually live in L.A. coming up before we get to 4 o'clock. Something nice for you on this Monday. Plus, Mark Cass, the editor-in-chief of the Business Journal, on the mayor's stated goal of growing the Milwaukee population to 1 million people. We'll do that coming up at 4.15 this afternoon. The world can be a messy place. Yep. And we at Wisconsin's Afternoon News think it could do with a little more nice. 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 Oh, that's nice. Say something nice to me. This is Something Nice on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. And it's I love something nice. It's great on a Monday as we settle back into the work week. You love yourself some barbecue, too, don't you? I do. You got that right. Uh Greg, you're kind of a master of brisket, right? Well, I tried it once, and it turned out pretty good, so I think I'll go back to the well. Well, I'd say keep keep practicing, (laughs) because you never know what you can do with a good brisket. Good point. Uh, You know Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters? Sure. He did kind of a a very, not kind of, he did a very kind kind dude, kind deed as a food provider. What did he do? It's a little play on words there. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. Without telling anyone, one day last month, Dave Grohl brought a giant smoker and cooked barbecue for 500 people at Hope Mission in Los Angeles. Wow. Paid for it all, worked 16 hours. It's one of those kinds of things That's I saw cool. on Twitter. It said, when the aliens come and say, who's in charge, point to this guy. <laughs> you know, this is a good guy. Um, honestly, he just, out of the goodness of his heart, he loves to do this barbecue thing on tour kind of a way to wind down just kind of chill out yeah. uh so he got inspired and he did got out smoked meat for 450 guests because they take care of people who are homeless facing poverty food crisis and just got that's a to lot. it that's a big barbecue it is and he brought like i said he brought his own smoker and he had meat delivered to the parking lot of the mission where oh, he was cooking awesome. and uh when he wasn't preparing ribs, brisket, pork butt, and all the fixins, he took naps in the parking lot because he was there for a full day. Doing, the, I mean, honestly, just and, and he took pictures with the brisket. Oh, and, that's uh, fantastic! Actually, people people took nice pictures bark. of him with the brisket uh, because the organizers didn't know that he was going to show up either. You you're driving by a homeless shelter and you see Dave Grohl asleep in the front of an F one fifty or something in the parking lot. And the the not the owner, but the manager of the Hope Mission was actually out of town. Didn't know that he was going to show up, and they were calling him like, um, "Did you know that Dave is here?" And it's like, "Well, I, I guess let him go." <laughs> You're right. And, and uh, the uh, manager said it's an obscene amount of food. It's unbelievable. The guy spent thousands of dollars talking about Dave Grohl. He's in there by himself in our little food prep area, trimming the fat off, <laughs> making sure every single brisket is perfect. He's got all of his buddies together. They're back there working these giant smokers. Uh, Dave Grohl even has a recipe. Look at that. Uh, that he posted. It's a hand-drawn map yeah. on how to make brisket, how to cut it. So I could share that with you, Greg, so that yeah, way you can no, uh, grollify like, your next grill. I'd like to learn his method. <laughs> I'd like to know what kind of smoker he used, too, right? If you're going to cook that much meat, I, I don't. are there multiple smokers? Is it one giant big drum that he can cook everything in? Because all this stuff is, you know... It, it takes quite takes a bit time, of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, the cool thing is, this isn't the first time he's done this. Back in 2018, when the Malibu fires happened, yeah, he did the same thing. Mm. Whipped out his grill and uh, fed firefighters. I love that. And I this is so it's just like he's a genuinely good yeah. guy. He's a really good guy, and 
the organizers even said, not the organizers, but the people at the mission even said, like, if people recognized him, he'd stop and take a picture. Like, he's just really there for the community. He says, I want to do this for you guys and give back in that way. And I've always said that culinary arts mm-hmm. are a creative expression. And this is how Dave Grohl compares. He told Bon Appetit magazine, <laughs> the process of making music is a lot like cooking for a crowd. You create a recipe like you would a song. You prepare a meal like you'd record in the studio, and then you serve it as you would perform live. And when people come back for seconds, there's your encore. I just keep picturing he's out on tour, and they're loading up the semi. <laughs> All right, we got to make room for the amps, and we got the light stands, and the cases of guitar. Hey, no, that's where Grohl's Smoker yeah, goes. The, the Traeger. You yeah, get, move the Traeger. Get, get that in there. You got to get that in there. I mean, leave a couple guitars behind, but the Smoker's going. Yeah, put that in last so we can load it out first yeah. and get that grill going oh, that's awesome. for our next stop. It's actually genius, right? I mean, you put a pork butt out for eight, nine hours, right? You, do, you kind of do your thing during the day. You play your set. You come back. It's all done. It's awesome. You don't have to babysit it. That's perfect. It's what all a great marinated. guy. So, yeah, Dave Grohl doing good deeds with food. Love That's that. your something nice today. Oscars last night. It was a very safe night at the Oscars. Jimmy Kimmel was funny, but he was safe, didn't offend anybody, didn't get slapped in the face. But not bland. No, I thought he was good. I thought he was good. I liked it. I did, it. too. I saw a lot of his stuff today when I was watching clips. Uh, let's bring in our guy who's in Hollywood. Jason Nathanson is with us. He checked out the Oscars. Hey, Jason, how you doing? Is that the bar these days? If you don't get slapped in the face, that you're you're safe. <laughs> That's, pretty, That's sad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you're only edgy if you get slapped in the face at the Oscars. Otherwise, it's kind of it's ho hum. And that's honestly kind of the the review today that's being said without being said because I've seen a lot of reviews like that. It was safe. It was calm. It you know without incident. Um, but that's really saying there were no chaotic moments, which there weren't. It was an Oscars. It was an award show. You know, I know we we had Envelope Gate a couple of years ago, and last year we had the Will Smith Chris Rock thing. But um, you put those two incidents aside, and they're kind of few and far between. An award show is not the most exciting thing. You know, it's a bunch of awards being given out. It's a bunch of acceptance speeches with some jokes in between, and and that's pretty much what we had last night. I felt it was professional and classy. It wasn't that experiment with was it Anne Hathaway and oh who is the who is the guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was um uh uh oh, what's his name? Uh, oh, James Franco. Uh, James Franco. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a few years ago. You know, it recently a couple of years ago. Well, last year we had the three hosts, um, and and they were they were funny and and decent. And then uh, a year or so before that, I think during the pandemic, they moved it to uh, Grand uh, the train station downtown in L.A., and that was kind of a weird vibe. People were sitting at kind of lounge tables and things like that. Um, this was back to normal. It was, you know, if this, if you, it looked as much like a pre-pandemic Oscars as you could imagine. Um, the 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 red carpet and, you know, well, the champagne carpet, um, you know, it was all kind of the same and the stars walking it, and, you know, you had all that stuff in the Dolby Theater and, and everybody sitting there. So it was, it was business as usual, um, and it was was, again, it was a it was a normal award show. I thought we had some great speeches, uh, especially from the acting winners, from Kiwi Kwan and Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis and Brendan Fraser. And the through line between all four of them, all four of them, have been in this business for decades. Were typecast early on in their careers. They weren't. They felt like they were put in a in in a little like they were pigeonholed, and then they couldn't get out of that and not get the roles that they wanted. And finally, in the second or third parts of their careers, they got the role that they wanted, and they were able to turn that into Oscar gold. 
and sheer joy. All four of those award winners that you just named seemed genuinely moved and uh, not entitled. They were just truly like, hey, we stuck in. We, we did Absolutely. it. Absolutely. In a way that I feel like I haven't seen in a while. I don't know if we get jaded covering these things or people themselves are just, uh, you know, kind of unaffected. But these four, watching them all award season, it seemed genuine. They seemed truly appreciative to get this, um, to, to know what it means. Like for Kihui Kwan, right? This is a guy who all, for the past couple months, has been the Oscars favorite. We knew he was going to win. He told us last night, he doesn't have a job lined up. He still, even though he, he has an, uh, an Oscar and we knew he was going to get it, the first thing he was going to do this morning was call his agent and see, hey, are there, are there any offers? He talked about as recently as during the pandemic, he couldn't get work. He didn't have health insurance. We're not talking about 20 years ago he was struggling. We're talking about now. Uh, so for, to, and to see him, he came into the backstage area last night bounding in like Tigger. He was so excited. <laughs> he was bouncing on, onto that stage. Um, and you could tell it was real, genuine appreciation. And his energy is contagious, don't you think? A hundred percent, because I've never seen the press corps clap and cheer as loud as they did for, for somebody when he came back. Uh, you know, it happens sometimes. We try to be stoic. We try to be professional journalists. You know, we're, we're not rooting for anybody. But when a guy like that comes back, you can't help but be affected by it. And then you have the in memoriam where John Travolta could hardly keep it together trying to introduce that because he walked out to the strains of Olivia Newton-John's hopelessly devoted to you and... I didn't know if he was going to mispronounce another name. He kept getting uh, so choked up. Yeah, he really did seem affected by that. Uh, the story this morning being that they left several people out, and Haish being one of them, which is kind of a head scratcher. Um, she was in, you know, Harrison Ford was there to present Best Picture last night. Anne Haish was in a big movie with Harrison Ford, Six Days, Seven Nights. Um, and for her to not be in there, Paul Sorvino, uh, one of the stars of Goodfellas, wasn't oh, in there. Wow. Yeah. Didn't realize that. His daughter, Mira Servino, uh, tweeting today that she's baffled by that. Um, and, you know, a, a, a couple others as well. Charlie Dean, who not a household name, but she was in Triangle of Sadness. She was one of the stars of Tri- Triangle of Sadness, which was nominated for an Oscar this huh. year. Um, so some, some head scratching when it comes to the in memoriam. It seems it always happens. And it seems like one of those things that just shouldn't happen. There should be seven sets of eyes on that thing to make sure things like that don't happen. Yeah. When you're giving respect like that, because I noticed they were like, you can see more in the QR code. I thought that was a way around that of of getting criticized for who didn't make it on the telecast. Even that, though, I mean, if there was somebody, it's, so say Paul Sorvino didn't make it on the telecast, but he was on the QR code. I could still see people being upset by that, you know? Yeah. You, Put everybody. This thing goes so long anyway. It was, you know, it's supposed to be three hours. It was three hours and forty minutes or something. Oh my like gosh! That. Which is, I think, uh, how long we, Babylon was as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You're you're you're, you're very close there. Um, a, a lot of movies. Avatar was was super long. You know, a lot of these movies were really long. Um, but it, so, what's an extra thirty seconds to get in four names on the right. memoriam? You know, in that case. Did you go to any of the after parties, Jason? Uh, yes, it was called my bedroom, and um, I really there was there was a there was it's very hard to get in. Uh, there's a bouncer, um, and I only stayed for about two hours, and then uh, I was back up at work. 
So what is the outlook for uh, the big screen for this year? We were so excited last year because Top Gun Maverick was coming out and it was going to save the future of the theater. How does the outlook look for this summer? There are, there are a lot of big releases. Um, you know, we were excited for Guardians of the Galaxy, although the Marvel movies haven't been doing as well as people would have wanted them to recently. Uh, we saw that with Ant-Man. But last year, you know, we saw some good stuff. Uh, with the Doctor Strange sequel, Spider-Man, of course. Um, so uh, I, I think the Guardians movie will be good. We have a bunch of we have. There's a new Fast and Furious movie. There are a lot of big sequels and blockbusters that are coming out. There's another Avatar. Um, so the the prognosis looks good, much healthier than it has been in the past couple of years. Isn't there a Fast and Furious every summer? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. There was there was not one last summer. There was one the summer before. Is this seriously like what the eighth? I think it's more than that. No, it's, it's number. It's big number ten. Oh my gosh! And, and I believe <laughs> the plan is to quote unquote end with number eleven. Um, but of course, if there's money to be made, they're not going to leave money on the table. No, faster it, and even more furious. Yeah, exactly, sure. the fastest and the furiousest. <laughs> sure. ABC's Jason Nathanson with us in Hollywood. Good stuff. Thank you so much, Jason. All right, take care.